Hi, my name is Alec Rich, and you're listening to Hatchet's weekly news podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It. This week, for our final episode of the semester, we're doing something a little different to add to the variety of angles that we've used to cover the coronavirus pandemic over the last few episodes. Over the last few weeks, several of our Hatchet photographers have done incredible work by going into their respective communities across the country and documenting some of the scenes there. That's why I'll be speaking to several of them today to get a better idea of what they've learned in taking these photos and what we can take away as a result. All the photos discussed in this episode can be viewed on the Hatchets website and across all our social media accounts. My first guest is Lillian Bautista, who is the senior photo editor for the Hatchet, who's currently based in San Antonio, Texas. Lillian, thanks so much for joining me. And thank you for having me. So, you know, kind of walk us through what your experience has been like so far, you know, taking photos in San Antonio. Well, right now, Texas has lifted the stay-at-home orders, so we're definitely one of the states that isn't being as strict about it as others. And it hasn't been particularly difficult to take photos. I went downtown just last week and really wasn't told by anybody to stop. Um, I went there on Thursday, so the day before the lockdown was completely, like, kind of lifted. I got some looks from maybe some security guards and police officers, but nobody really stopped me. And I wore a mask, of course, but you go around and you walk around and see a lot of people not wearing any protective gear, not really keeping distance from other people. I just don't think a lot of people in Texas, even in a more progressive city like San Antonio, are taking the virus as seriously, and that's not great. Yeah, and I mean, you had a great photo for the hatchet where two Alamo Rangers are kind of standing guard near pretty much empty um, landmark. You know, what was that experience like for you to, to see that? You know, is I'm sure it's, it's normally packed, you know, so what was that contrast like? Yeah, so every time I go downtown, usually, um, even in the middle of the week, it's very busy. A ton of tourists and a lot of people who just live in that area like to go out because there's um, the river walk right through the center. Usually at the Alamo, you can't really get in space to see the building. And the building is quite small in person. Um, it was closed. And it's still closed even if um, even as the restrictions are lifted. But I walked up. Uh, you know, I kept my distance at first. I had my camera on a tripod to take different kinds of photos and just lifted it to get closer. And I slowly just inched my way toward one of the rangers. And I asked if I could take a photo of him. And he was very nice about it. And he posed for me. But uh, the guy who I think was relieving him came up, and I was like, can I take a photo of you? And he said, no. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he let me take a photo, but he didn't want to be, like, interviewed. He didn't want to give me his name. I think they were overall fine with it, but definitely very different from how that area normally is. No people, and if there were people, you know, not wearing masks, but just out and about watching everything else. It's very silent, which was interesting. Yeah, and I mean, how have, how has taking these photos kind of you know, shaped your own view of being you know a photographer during these times, especially? I think a big part of it that's been difficult, as an editor at least, is just getting content. We don't want to send out photographers if it's dangerous. There was a protest happening in D.C. on Thursday, yesterday, and... We said, you know, go out there and get stuff if you want to. And one of our photographers is like, well, my roommate is immunocompromised. And I'm like, yeah, don't don't go out. Don't do that. Not a great idea. I think it's a lot of effort to organize getting photos and getting people out there when it's dangerous. I like to go out and see what's happening. I would like to document everything that's happening. I went out to my grocery store 
and I've been out in public areas just to try to capture the moment of the virus, but by no means am I like professional grade compared to other photographers who work for the hatchet. And it's different to see how they approach it versus how I would approach it. I think I'm a little bit more careful when I go out, a little bit more worried about uh, being told no. But, you know, do you feel kind of the, not really necessarily the weight of the situation, but just in terms of, you know, you being someone who is able to be an eyewitness to what's happening right now and, and being on you know, the front lines of, you know, this unprecedented event. I think it's, it's a great opportunity to capture something historic. You know, do I enjoy that that's what's happening? No, no, I don't think anybody does. I don't think anybody who's in the field of journalism and documenting what's happening enjoys it, but it's something that you'll be able to look back for years to come and say, oh, well, you know, I captured a little slice of history with this photo and I was able to see something and present it to other people in a way that was maybe helpful for the greater good. Yeah, and I mean, going back to some of the, the photos you took as well, you know, was that kind of almost like a, you know, a haunting experience for you? You know, seeing you know, a city that you know, you know, being you know, pretty much abandoned in a lot of, you know, uh, spots that normally aren't? I think it was, it was interesting to see certain types of people who were donning the masks, including the Alamo Rangers. I was surprised that they were doing it just because I know the tone of what wearing a mask means down here in the South and how some people think it's a rebellious act um, to show that you are strong and, and whatnot to not wear one. I think it was, you know, I don't know. It, w- it was interesting to see them wearing the mask, specifically the type of mask they were wearing. One, um, one of them had a Blue Lives Matter flag mask, you know, more representative of who he was in the times. I think it was even more haunting just to see that not enough people were following the rules when I was down there. It was empty, but they still weren't, you know, maintaining distance or wearing protective gear. Yeah, and I guess lastly, you know, what have you, you know, personally, I guess, learned from, you know, whether it's seeing some of the photos from other members of Hatchet or going out on your own and taking photos in, in your community, you know, what have you, I guess, kind of picked up in, not only in terms of, you know, the, how the virus itself is impacting people, but I guess, you know, how it's, how it's impacted, you know, your outlook on it. Above all, I just want, when we send photographers to go out and do um, an assignment, I just want them to be safe. Because I care about coverage, but I care more about people not getting sick when it's so dangerous out right now. But I think I've learned a lot about, you know, how much it means to be involved in photojournalism. And, like, the stakes are higher, not just because of the virus, but because of how people will react to you. We know a couple people, before when we photographed protests, who've been, you know, faced with individuals who don't like their faces on in front of cameras. And they don't want to be covered. And even now, this is, like, a more pressing issue. As you get closer or you're around a lot of people, which is dangerous. <laughs> and then when you're around people who don't want to follow rules, it's dangerous. I think, um... I appreciate the responsibility that I've been given to like send people out and do it, but I, I would really just care for them to be careful and be safe, um, even if they don't get the photos that we like. But people have been doing their best, and it shows. Right. Lillian, thank you. Thank you so much, Alec. My next guest is Eric Lee, who is a staff photographer for The Hatchet and is based in Washington, D.C. Eric, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Alec. 
So first, kind of just walk us through what your overall experience has been like so far taking photos during this pandemic. Yeah, um, I actually was one of the, you know, being based in D.C., a lot of George Washington University students left the area and went home. And, you know, you're one of, I'm the only one on campus, really, you know, watching uh, faculty and staff kind of trickle out as everyone starts to telecommute. Um, Ariel Bader, the the photo editor, um, it's like, hey, can you get some scenes on campus? And just seeing how bare it was um, was really shocking. You know, I I work part time over the summer at GW some you know last year, and even then you still have offices filled, government buildings filled. There are people who are walk through campus, but now DC has become so desolate and quiet. Um, you know, the usual traffic you see on K Street or H Street here, Foggy Bottom, is just not there anymore. And life has just come to the standstill in DC, it feels like. Um, and it's really haunting. Yeah, and especially some of those pictures that you took regarding the GW Hospital and Medical Faculty Associates kind of opening up those testing sites. What was that experience like as well? Yeah, you know, even before that, a few days before, I walked around just to create some feature photos for the hatchet. Um, you know, file things that they can use as, as editors or away at home. And I noticed that there were signs being posted along the lamppost, and it was testing site this way, follow this street to get to the get tested. And of course, streets are empty, and it's a sunny day, and these signs just, just blow in the breeze. And then eventually on Monday, um, when the, the testing site opened, I was one of five photographers or four photographers there. And we were there before the first car drove through. Um, being across the street from a testing site, I mean, I personally haven't met anyone yet with um, a positive case of, of COVID-19. So to be around everyone with and I was wearing a homemade mask at the time. I didn't have access to um, other PPE. And it was just a little scary, you know, like this is an airborne virus, possibly. Um, you don't know who's come in contact with who and, you know, how far does this thing travel? So to witness people get tested um, with with a long lens, it's it's to see the details of kind of the testing itself because it goes up in the, the nose. And it goes pretty deep, and it's not a comfortable test for people who, who receive it. Um, so to watch that, it, it, it's hard to watch, you know? Yeah, and I mean, have you learned anything, especially you went down to the National Mall as well, taking some photos there, you know, what has that kind of shown you about, you know, how seriously people are taking this? And, you know, give us a, a picture of what that kind of looked like as well. You know, I, I try to go out every few days to take photos and, and just see what life is like. Um, I think it's really important to document. And, you know, I live in Adams Morgan, and there are a lot of runners and people going about their business, and, and they do their best to be at a distance with each other. Yeah, y yesterday, Thursday, May 14th, I drove through the National Mall, and I saw one person of maybe 40 with with a mask on and it just feels like things are getting more and more relaxed even though mayor bowser extended the stay-at-home order into june you know whenever i walk in the mall i always wear a mask and i honestly haven't seen that many people 
But all of a sudden, when the Blue Angels and the, the Thunderbirds flew over D.C. Um, to pay their respects to healthcare workers, there were thousands of people out there. Um, and not many people were being at a distance with each other. They weren't recognizing each other's space or even wearing masks, really. And it's, it's a little scary because we don't know how much contact they're going to have with each other or how that's going to affect the community. And I know you also went up to New York as well, and you're kind of contrasting the, you know, the feel that you got in Washington. What was it like taking photos of a barren New York? I grew up in New York City. Um, I moved to D.C. after my undergrad days. And New York is such a resilient town. Um, people are strong. And to see Times Square with only five people is really scary. And it's really, really heartbreaking. Um, for there not to be anyone on the streets walking about, to see Broadway completely empty. Um, it's really heartbreaking feeling to see the city like that. Um, I went up to visit my mom in New York. She's a healthcare worker um, at a hospital. And she's working full time and on weekends and she just needed some, some eggs and groceries. And, you know, it's a birthday coming up, so I want to celebrate with her. And it really hurt that we couldn't hug. We kept six feet apart and just talked for a few minutes before it was time for her to go and for me to drive back to D.C. Um, but to, to see and photograph the city without people, um, really haunting experience. Yeah, and you know, more generally, I guess, what have you learned you know, taking photos, whether it's of a barren GW campus or in New York City, you know, what have you learned about, you know, the virus itself and also in terms of, you know, how has it kind of shaped your own photography? I mean, I've learned that just everyone is taking this virus with different levels of, of concern, um, from noticing that everyone in New York wears a mask to D.C. barely having anyone wear a mask. Um, and I've learned just in my own photography just to be a little bit more patient. And I've noticed people get less, are being less, less patient nowadays um, with the lack of maybe a deadline of everything happening, um, uncertainty and, and being unsure of what's going to happen next. But I, I think I've also learned the good of community and how much I've been checking in on my friends and how much they've been checking in on me. Um, and I really, I relish that. I relish that we are able to communicate better in this time of a pandemic. Yeah, just, just in terms of, you know, how do you feel about, you know, being one of these people who is, has an eyewitness view into, you know, this pandemic and, you know, who, who is going to, these photos are going to be looked back on as kind of the, the first accounts of what's really going on. I know a lot of people are staying home right now and, and not having left the house so they don't know they don't see what how people are taking how serious these people are taking uh the virus so to be out on the street i feel like i can be uh i could be someone else's eye sometimes and see things that aren't necessarily covered in the news um and to have photos and as evidence and photos to show what life is like right now 
um, for it to be looked at down the road, I think it'll just spark more discussion. Eric, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate you taking the time. Alec, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. My next guest is Ariel Bader, who is the Hatchet's Features Photo Editor and is currently based in Tampa, Florida. Ariel, thanks so much for joining me. Of course. Thanks for including photo on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So first, kind of just walk us through, you know, what your overall experience has been like so far in Tampa. Um, yeah, so returned home for what we thought was spring break plus two weeks online. And as a photojournalism major, a lot of my classes are studios. So it had been kind of hard to focus in our four and a half hour studio classes online, but we got through it and we continued making work, um, except now our focus was photographing our life during the pandemic and just how everything has changed. Overall, how has this kind of been been different than what you're used to, especially in the context of you, know, you had a great pick for the hatchet of you know, an abandoned swimming pool in your community. You know, what has it been like taking photos where in spaces where it's been devoid of people? Yeah, so in the photojournalism world, we've seen lots of photos recently of empty, famous landmarks. So for a hatchet photo series that we published we asked our photographers who were comfortable to go around their town and document how life had changed due to the global pandemic we're in. And I was biking around my neighborhood and passed by our community pool, which is typically kind of full with um, some people who are just swimming for fun, sometimes the swim team and sometimes people swimming laps. So it was sad to see it completely empty and all the chairs stacked up, but it was a, a sign of the time, so I made that photo. Um, we also had people contribute from Kansas, Roanoke, Virginia, um, Silver Springs, Maryland, Arkansas, Texas. So I'm pretty happy with the project, which shows empty swing sets, monuments closed, people grocery shopping with masks. And that project is available on the Hatchet's website, you know, and... What have you kind of, you know, have you kind of felt the weight of kind of, of this pandemic through these photos that you've taken? Yes, I've definitely felt the stress and hardship of these times we're in through some of my photos. Um, it's more the quieter images that you can see the struggles that everyone is dealing with, whether that is the empty swimming pool, an empty road, or a portrait of a person, and you can just see their exhaustion. Lastly, I just want to, you know, get your, your general impressions of, you know, everything that you've, you've seen so far and, you know, where you think, you know, this is, how do you think this just kind of shaped your photography overall? So photographing during this pandemic has definitely changed a lot of things. Um, a majority of people who are still reporting in the journalism realm are able to work from home in a sense. They're able to do their interviews over the phone or over Zoom, whereas photojournalists do not have that option. We can try and do Zoom portraits, but they don't turn out that well. So we still are going out into the community and photographing during this very important time. And some people may not be happy to see photographers out there, but these images are definitely important to make because 
we've never seen anything like this before. Ariel, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. That's a wrap for this week and for the semester. So a huge thank you to our listeners and to our guests over the past few weeks for joining me. We'll be back in the fall. Getting to the Bottom of It is hosted by Alec Rich and is produced by Gwen Wheeler. Music is produced by Alk Studio. Special thanks to Lillian Bautista, Eric Lee, and Ariel Bader for joining me today.